Hi, Margie. Hi, Zoe. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing so well. Thank you for the coffee. Oh, you're welcome. A An iced lavender... Sorry, what is it? It's an iced lavender oat milk latte. That and it's not is purple. It's not purple. <laughs> good job. As I thought that it would be. <laughs> so what makes you good today? What makes me good today? That is a great question. It's Friday, which mm-hmm. I'm really excited about. I'm going to go to the library after this because I've got some books on hold I need to pick up. Nice. Because I finally returned my overdue books, so I'm allowed to pick up library books again. Um, what else makes today good? I did some really cute things on Canva for work today. So wonderful. I'm obsessed with Canva. Worth the $10 every month. Would give them more money if I could. I actually pay for the yearly subscription. That's genius. That actually saves you money, I think. It does. But it also hurts my heart to spend that much money at one time. But then you just use it every day. And it's wonderful. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What makes your day great today? Oh, well, I'm here with you. In my office. My little passion project. I love your passion project. A thousand? No, a 500 streams. 500 so streams, far. but I'm doing a giveaway. For a thousand. At a thousand. Because so I was like, exciting. you know what? Let's, let's make some Hello Good Humans merch. I love that. Are you just going to walk it around with your own face on your chest for the rest of your life? Every day. Every day. Every color. I'll get it put on sweaters, dresses. Dresses. When I, Show when up I, at somebody's wedding. When I give up my title, I'll be wearing a gown that's just Hello Good Humans. Do you have any parades left? Can you wear a dirndl? <laughs> your face on it. Hello Good like, Humans dirndl. Embroidered. <laughs> I think that there's a market for this, actually. I can look on Etsy later. Okay, I'll perfect. let you know. Yeah. Um, what else makes my day good? I did my farewell photo shoot for miss lacrosse and it was what themed well it was it was all my favorite things themed but i did do a harry potter uh moment and you're a hufflepuff right i am the same yes okay i thought so hufflepuffs enneagram twos that's us oh my gosh you are a two i am a two okay what else what is your uh, myers-briggs infj okay i think i'm an infp that would make sense yeah yeah because what does j stand for judging and p is perceiving okay (laughs) So I'm a strong J, very judgmental. I, I think I'm a P. Good for you. Yeah, but a, but I can be judgy. I mean, and I can be perceiving. Yes, it's all a spectrum. It is. It's fine. We we are on the same wavelength. So. Truly. How long have we known that? Quite a while. Quite a while. Quite a while. So, do you want to tell the listeners how we met? Here's the thing, Zoe. I was thinking about that, and I really don't know when we like became humans that I would call you a friend or somebody who was like in my heart. I don't either. And that's why I wanted you to that's answer. That's so fascinating. <laughs> so the short story or the short version is I was the director of residence life at your undergrad institution. Mm-hmm. That's the short story. And that I supervised your Ben, right? Your, yep. Your Ben. My Ben. <laughs> so I supervised Ben and I think that's how we got to know each other. I think so. But the first like well, no, the first memory I have of you is in Platinum Edition and me being like, that girl's a lot. <laughs> but that's okay because that's <laughs> usually what people think about me when they meet me too, mm-hmm. that I'm a lot. Well, and music theater me was just on another level. A lot. And I think your dad came out on stage and I was just like, what's happening right now? Oh, yes. We performed it. We performed like a little duo. You did. Yeah. You did. And I was just like, I'm brand new here and there's a man on the stage and this isn't what I paid for. But it was still good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so it was great. Thank you. Oh, so yes. that was that's my like first memory of you and like you being a freshman and you living in the res halls and you hanging out with the folks that you did um but like the real I think first really intentional interaction we had I think a friend of yours was struggling and you were struggling with some boundary stuff Mm -hmm. and somebody had been like you should go talk to Margie because she's good at boundaries (laughs) and you like sat on my couch and you were like hey queen 
Yes. Um, I help remember me. this. Yes. And then we kind of just went from there. We did. And and yeah, I think I think I was a little scared of you at first. Everyone's so scared of me. But you want to know why? No. Because, I mean, yes, I well, do because I'm five feet tall. So no, like, but this has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with me. Tell me. I knew that you were close with Ben's ex-girlfriend. Sure. And I was I, I just assumed that everyone that knew them when they dated just hated me. That's so tough. That makes me really sad. Just this idea of like having to choose a woman mm-hmm. in a man's line of mm-hmm. like partners, right? Like yeah. and that makes your entire identity about your partner. Yeah. Which is ridiculously heavy and like a lot to unpack. It is. Um but no, I never hated you. <gasps> Thank I just you. thought you were a lot when you were in your power dancing on stage oh in your gosh. little shiny dresses. He I... was not wearing a dress. That I recall. But you were wearing a shiny dress. My dad was not wearing a dress. I don't remember. I think you would remember if he was. Maybe. I could have just been so overwhelmed in the moment that I like executive dysfunctioned he out of He was probably perception. wearing like a velvet suit and aviators. Like, yeah, if that we're sounds being, right. If we're being completely honest. Very bald. Rocking into a microphone. Very, very bald. <laughs> no tea, no shade. The DeBoer family. No, he is very bald and that is okay. I love bald. My father-in-law is bald. I love bald. My my Ben's dad is bald as well. So. Oh my god! Maybe it's in Ben's future. <laughs> Listen, oh. a little baldy. Have the little head for luck. <laughs> okay, so one thing that the audience needs to know about you. Sure. Do you know what it is? I don't. Books. Books. I have a game for us to play. I'm so excited. And I I wrote down. Um, well, you've you've seen these on Instagram before. You probably made them, but it is a book this or that. Okay, I'm okay. really nervous that I won't have read these books. Oh no no, it's like it's like things that you prefer. Oh okay, okay. I have preferences. I can do this. And and if you want to explain them, you can. Okay, I gotta relax my shoulders. Yeah, you're, a lot you're of pressure. okay. You're okay. So Whoa. my first one is: Do you prefer hardcover or softcover? Mm, I think that I prefer, ooh, if it's a library book, I like hardcover because I like the crinkly sounds it makes when you open <gasps> <Yes>. it. <laughs> but if it's my own book, I like soft covers because I very much believe that, like, books are meant to be loved and lived in. Mm-hmm. And so I love, like, whatever, I'm going to get crucified for this. I love cracking spines. Oh, I love, like, too. bending the cover around and, like, holding it in one hand. Are you, um, a, are you a folder for the bookmark? I'm generally not a folder. Um, I think that there's nothing wrong with folding. Again, I think books are meant to be lived in. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I write, sometimes I highlight, sometimes I tab. Um, but I've been really into like romanticizing my own life lately. Okay. And part of that I feel like is like the holding the book like that, right? Just like with one hand with the cover tucked back and you're like, <laughs> the music is playing and you're like the it girl at the cafe and uh-huh. the camera's on you. So library book, hardcover, per crinkly, book I own, softcover. Okay. So I can mess with it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Amazing. Um, I think I would know the answer then, but print or Kindle? Print. I do have a Kindle. I really struggle to keep my focus on Kindles. Mm-hmm. I stare at a screen all day for work. Um, and I just, I love feeling a book in my hand and like turning pages and hearing it. So, mm-hmm. and smelling it. Oh my God. I love the way books smell. Uh-huh. So hardcore, hardcore print. How about fiction versus nonfiction? I wish I was a nonfiction person. I really want to be more of a nonfiction person. Sometimes I'll get into like narrative nonfiction or essay, hmm. excuse me, essay collections. Okay. Um, I really like following a person's train of thought, but if it's just like a collection of 
here's how trains are made or something, <laughs> right? Or like, here's how so-and-so won the war of this year. Right. Um, like history and things like that I just really struggle with. I'd rather have conversations with people about their lived experiences. Yeah. So for those reasons, because I am easily bored and need to be entertained at all times, I'm a fiction girly. Yeah. One way that I kind of started getting into nonfiction was through memoirs. Yeah, you I have been reading a lot of memoirs. people's stories, mm-hmm. which is, you know, for people that I can't just sit down with, like Yet. all of the celebrities that I love <laughs> from Love Island or... <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole season of Hello Good Humans. <laughs> Zoe with the Love Island It's just my, my obsession with that stupid show. I was watching it this morning as I was getting ready. Tragic. But yes, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I, I just love people's lives listen sometimes i get really into big brother i've ever watched big brother brother you know the circle is yeah so Mm -hmm. i feel like it kind of predates the circle in that it's it's the circle but instead of them all being in different rooms and they can only interact via this weird tv thing that's not actually voice activated um they're (laughs) in a house and they like vote each other out so I could never do it because I would be crying constantly. <laughs> it's so interesting to watch and like see how humans interact with each other. Yeah. And who they choose to trust and who they choose not to trust. And if people will like stab them in the back because they think they're weak or carry them along because they, I don't know. Why is it called Big Brother? Because it's being recorded. So there's like Big Brothers watching you. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I don't know why I always just thought it was some sort of family... Like, it had to do with family. It's just the Big Brothers Big Sisters program. <laughs> it's just, like, privileged people adopting folks who are un- from underprivileged communities. Okay. Taking them out for ice cream. Awesome. Yeah, that's not what it is. Love Don't. that show. Okay. <laughs> Love that show. Start that one. <laughs> okay. Do you prefer to binge read something or to slowly read something? I am a fast reader in general. So uh, I wouldn't say that I'm a binge reader, but I do consume information really, really fast. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I generally read about a page a minute, about 50 pages an hour. So I would say like when I sit down, I get a solid chunk of reading done, but it doesn't feel like a binge for me. Yeah. Um, I am reading a book right now called The Master and Margarita, and it is a piece of like classic Russian literature, and it's really difficult for me to get through. You're reading it in Russian, I assume. Of course, the original translation. <laughs> um, I'm actually dictating it. I'm recording an audiobook as I read it. Oh, <laughs> We'll play that next. (laughs) So it's that like forces me to read slower because they're names that I'm unfamiliar with because they're like not in my lexicon. Right. And it's written in this very like 40s way. So I would say I prefer to consume knowledge quicker, but sometimes I'm forced to be a slow reader just by the nature of what I'm reading. Interesting. Yeah. So do you read one book at a time or do you read multiple books at a time? It depends on how I'm feeling. I think generally if I'm reading something that, if I'm reading a nonfiction, I usually have a fiction going at the same time. I often will have a book on, because I do have a Kindle still and I do use it, um, but that's usually where I read like my ARCs, my advanced reader copies. I'll tell you all about how to get those if you want. Okay, yes. Um, but those usually come digital, so I'm usually reading like an ARC on my Kindle and a hardcover book, right, or a paperback book, whatever. So generally I would say I have one or two. Okay. But also, if you go on my story graph right now, I think it says I have seven that I'm currently reading because there's a bunch that I've started and then abandoned. And I feel so guilty about that. Yeah. I have books in my story graph that are currently like, I started them in 2021. Yeah. And I just... I I have some in there too. Some of them are like tough subject matters. Some of them are just 
boring. Mm-hmm. Some of them I started at the wrong time and I know I want to go back to. Yeah. Um, but you should never feel guilty for not reading a book because books aren't living beings, A. You're right. And B, there's so many fucking books out there. There are. That, like, <laughs> there you are. should not feel guilty about choosing to consume something that fits you better at that time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for affirming me in that. Shut the books. Get rid of them. Not that one. We need that one. <laughs> <laughs> we need that book. Okay. Um, do you prefer to buy or borrow? <laughs> have you been in my house no you didn't come to my house because you got covid no i did um because i brought you that shirt the shirt <laughs> that says milf man i love felines that i wear and get compliments on constantly that i have cut into a crop top well, that's what milf means right i think so man i love felines and dilf means dang i love frogs you're right duh <laughs> the two genders <laughs> felines and frogs right um uh, anyway what was the question oh um buy, <laughs> buy or, borrow. or borrow okay so if you've been in my house you know that there are like stacks of books everywhere mm-hmm. um i am a chronic buyer i think that book buying and book reading are two distinctly different hobbies and sometimes i'm better at the reading part or the buying part than the reading part so uh, big buyer I love owning them. Mm-hmm. I love buying copies of books that I have loved so I can lend them out to other people. Yes. And I also am an over-borrower from the library because sometimes that scratches your shopping itch. Because yes. you can go in, you can browse, you can leave with 53 books. Your husband will look at you and be so disappointed in you. <laughs> and then you can return them the next week. I think he would be proud. He's not. Okay. He never is. <laughs> is he a reader? He is a reader. Okay. Yeah. He's a slower reader than I am. He's a more intentional reader than I am. He loves classical literature. He loves, like, nonfiction, history. He sat down and read, like, a 700-page book called The History of Everything. Hmm. Um, So he's definitely a little bit more intellectual than I am. He's a five on the Enneagram, which is, like, the quiet, reserved, intellectual one who thinks that no one will ever understand them. Yeah. Um, And that is hardcore, my husband. Hardcore. In the cutest way. (laughs) We love love him. him. We love him so much. (laughs) (laughs) okay do you prefer to read standalone books or series i think these are such good questions i know you came up with them yourself (laughs) um i think that i prefer i found them on pinterest (laughs) pinterest.com shout out well i looked up like not uh, a sponsor this or that book editions and i just picked my favorites so i love pinterest me too um anyway the question was (laughs) <laughs> the question was standalone, standalone or series? series i'm doing really great at this not that it's graded um i think that i prefer standalones because i don't like waiting for things because we live in an age of instant gratification mm-hmm. um which is something i recognize about myself but i do like reading a series if i can read them like back to back to back yes. that being said i did recently read a book it was a book of the month pick i don't remember the author but it was called the adventures of somebody i'll just tell you what it is later doesn't Margie matter Krogman. yes <laughs> the book was about me i am a pirate <laughs> i was swashbuckling with my demon husband <laughs> yep sorry um that was a real Krogman noise right there <laughs> but um and i found out that it is the first in a trilogy and i like experienced this excitement for an out like a book that's gonna come that i never like had experienced before interesting so maybe i could be a series girly but I think that I'm a standalone girly. I also love a tied up loose end. Love that. I follow your bookstagram, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, yeah. Religiously. Religiously. That's so I nice. I do. I do. And we um, recently surpassed a thousand followers. So. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> but I've noticed, I mean, we don't read 
very similar books, I'll say. That is correct. Yeah. My my books are probably I'm much more of a fluffy reader. I love that. Yeah. But um I noticed there's not a lot of series mm. on the ones that you post. Mm-hmm. So I think I knew the answer to that. Yeah. But I will say I forget, so never mind. Um, do wow. you prefer <laughs> books that have a single point of view or multiple points of view? Hmm. I this kind of goes back to Big Brother, which is really weird that it's a callback to Big Brother. <laughs> I think you watch it. Now. Um, you do. I binge watched it when I was working at home. It was really unhealthy. I think did a lot of things to my brain. I would be like, Zach, this happened on Big Brother season four in nineteen ninety six. And he's like, I'm glad you worked really hard today. Correct. <laughs> also, I just need to clear up for the audience that it was not around in nineteen ninety six. I don't know why I picked that year. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, for th- I, I think that it's really interesting to get multiple point of view on one situation. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that that like pluralistic mind frame is really, really interesting to dive into. But I also love following one messy character a lot. Mm-hmm. So depending on what the subject matter is, I would say I'm down for both. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, have you ever read Game of Thrones? I tried to. Mm-hmm. That is That's a whole way sentence. too many points of view so many and it's so big and the words are so small it's so intimidating and i loved the show Mm -hmm. i i think Mm -hmm. i've watched it almost three times through now and wow that's commitment it is yeah i tried to read it then i I listened to the first one on audiobook thinking maybe i could i could do it did they do it like a cast i'm trying to remember i do not think so i feel like that would make it easier i think so too because yeah it was the same guy with a very thick accent sure like the harry potter narrator yeah <laughs> i love him <laughs> i know i know yeah no i i do not think that he switched i don't even think he really switched his voice so it was it was it was difficult so like a man saying something in this gruff tone and then daenerys is the same gruff tone like i'm gonna or did he like put on a little affect i don't <laughs> i don't think so i think it was just the same but i could be completely wrong no i love that he didn't play into the gender stereotypes he didn't Good for him. he didn't ahead of his time <laughs> okay um do you like to read romance or mystery better i would say i lean towards mystery mm-hmm. i have this really i don't know i have an interesting kind of history with books and literature where i grew up like very much a snob in literature like, I only read classical literature. Oh. I had read, like, most of Dickens by the time I was 16, which sounds <laughs> correct. It is, it is giggle-worthy. Can I ask where this came from? Yeah, I think it came from just, like, my mother being this intellectual okay. and, like, me being someone who was very proud of my brain. Okay. And being, like, a gifted child. Um, and so I read a lot of, like, very serious literature for a long time. And then I stopped reading when I was in college. And I think that, like, once I fin- graduated grad school and got back into the quote-unquote real world and, like, didn't have to do homework in the evenings, mm-hmm. um, and I was spiraling into nothingness and was like, I need something to fill my time so I don't go to the hospital again, um, I picked back, re- books back up. And I started giving myself permission to, like, fluffier books, mm-hmm. which was really empowering. So I would say that I gravitate more towards mystery, but I have read some romances that I've really, really loved. Mm-hmm. And I also, like, enjoy a lot of cozy mysteries, too, mm-hmm. even if that's not, like, what I often share with the world. Like, Dial A for Aunties, the cutest book in the world. Have you read it? <laughs> I have not. Oh, my God, you should. I'll lend it to you. It's adorable. Um, and then, uh, have you read The Finley Donovan is Killing It? <gasps> I was just yes. going to ask you about that one. 
They're so yes. good. Okay, so I've only read the first one. So have I. So, fun fact about me. I yeah. have a crippling anxiety when it comes to anything related to murder, kidnapping, serial killers, all of that. That's fair. Yeah. I crippling. And I think that it comes from the first summer that both my parents worked in the summer because mm-hmm. I grew up. I also grew up uh, thinking that all all parents had summers off because both my parents worked in schools. <laughs> so okay. I, when I grew up, I was like, what? I have to work this summer? No, but I, I truly did until probably like freshman year of high school. It's just mm-hmm. my parents always had the summers off. So my parents right. both went to work and I went over to my best friend's house and we binge watched Criminal Minds all summer, oh my God. which just, <laughs> it killed me in literally and figuratively. Literally. <laughs> so dead. much yep. anxiety. I would, like, my parents would say, can you go get the mail? No, because there was some episode of Criminal Minds where someone was killed with a mail bomb, and that could obviously happen to me in Onalaska, Wisconsin, so. Nope. I feel like the two of you talked about this, and I listened, to, like, on your little first Did episode. We? I'm we, pretty we, sure. We may have. You talked about it. I, it. So. Or maybe I just, like, can visualize it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know can't We watch, may have. I can't watch things like that because I get so anxious. I'm not a big, like, TV watcher anyway, right? Mm-hmm. But, like which goes back to that internalized intellectualism bullshit that I need to work on undoing. But like when you're like it's okay to relax. It's okay to like not constantly be learning, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I can't watch stuff like that. I even feel like I would watch like the BBC Sherlock Holmes and I would be like this is so spooky. Yes. <laughs> what if I yes. get trapped in a pool room with a bomb? <laughs> Moriarty. Not Moriarty. Not Moriarty. He's, he's beautiful. Anyway. He is. He's so great. Oh. Have you watched Fleabag? No. He's the hot priest on Fleabag. Hot priest. I, I love a it. whole thing. I love it. He's, yeah, you should watch it. I should watch it. I think you'd enjoy it. Um, going back to Finley. Yes. Miss Donovan. I was like, oh, this mystery is pink. It is girly. <laughs> this is going to be wonderful. Not to ruin it for everybody, but... You know, it's like hitmen, literally. Drugs, me being like, I can't sleep tonight. I, I have to wake Ben up to go to the bathroom with me because I can't go to yeah. the bathroom by myself. Because it took a spooky turn it, real fast. It really did. It was kind of cute. Like, lol, this old lady thinks she's a hit lady. That's cute. And then suddenly she was like <laughs> digging up a body in her car headlights, and I was yes. like, How did I get here? I know, I know. And then so literally, strange. like the mafia is the literal mafia. Yeah. So, have you read the second one? No. Okay, me neither, but I want to. Do you want to buddy read it? Yes. We could. Because isn't the end of the first one that she gets uh, enlisted to kill her own ex-husband? Yes. 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 Spoilers. Oops. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Yeah, sorry guys. Anyway. They're never going to remember that. But yes, we should Mysteries over romance. But I'll be be calling you like, tell me it's okay. It's going to be great. Talk to me on the phone while I go to the bathroom because otherwise... Here's the problem with buddy reads. I just did a buddy read where we read... Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides, is that how you say his name? And it's like a 500-page book. I'm reading it with Diana. You know Diana, mm-hmm. who used to also work at our institution where we went to school. And I think she's 3% in it, and I finished it already. 
that would happen to <laughs> And us. so she started texting me apologies, and I was like, stop. This is supposed to be a joyous experience. So sometimes I can unintentionally be a fun sucker. That's so just okay. That's okay. Fair warning. We can do a buddy read where we will talk about it once I finish it. That's perfect. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. So I should request it from Pearl Street Books. You should. I'll request it from the library because I'm trying not to spend as much money at Pearl Street Books. I should probably do the same thing, but I got to support local. You got to support local. Shout out to Beth. Ugh. Shout out Beth. I kind of want to have her on. You should have her I, on. I don't know if she would. Do you think she would? She would. She likes podcasts. Okay. You should do her and you should do. There's other people that work there that are fascinating that you should talk to as okay. well. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm planning on having this just go on forever. I love that. So There's so many interesting people in the world. Sorry. Coffee equals acid reflux. I get me, it. So I'm, I'm trying like, so hard not to burp. <laughs> and you're, you're doing great, by the way. I can, um, I can edit it. So. I think you should edit more burps in, actually, <laughs> if possible. Uh, just constantly. Are you, do you know Shrek the Musical? I do. I do. Do you know, know the uh, I Think I Got You Beat, mm-hmm. where they're burping and farting at the end? Right. Should yep. we try it? No. Okay. Joking. <laughs> All right. Um, do you prefer to read on the bed or on the couch? Oh, my God, on the couch, because if I go to bed, I fall asleep. Okay. The end. Yep. Easy question. Do you prefer to read at daytime or nighttime? Or all time? All times. A lot of times people are like, how do you read so much? And it's because I have no other hobbies and it's my hyperfixation. Um, I will read on my lunch break here at work. Okay. I read when I get home. I listen to like audiobooks and podcasts when I'm cleaning. Mm-hmm. Um, I usually read for like two hours before bed while my partner is like watching a BBC British mystery because that's his hyperfixation, which is very cute. Um, so really and truly just whenever I have time, I'm probably reading. Are you able to read in the same room as there's TV going? If I put my headphones on, oh. I cannot. Or if he's like watching something in a different language, because that's a lot of what's on. BritBox, which is the okay. BBC add-on for okay. murder mysteries. <laughs> of course. Uh, um, so if he's watching like something in French, mm-hmm. it's not that big of a deal. But if it's something where it's like, oh, we found the knife. Obviously, I'm going to be like, what like, knife? Like, where is it? Right. Where was the is knife? Is it in the room with us? <laughs> so I have to put my headphones on for that. Okay. So can you read while you're listening to music? I can. Okay. Yeah. I usually listen to music without words when I'm reading, though. Mm-hmm. So a lot of, like, you know, lo-fi girls studying on YouTube.com. Well, of course. Duh. I listen to the Bridgerton score a lot. Yeah, I love that. Have you read Bridgerton? I have not read them, but I love, love, love the show. Let me just say this. As someone that is a super fan. You are a I am fan. a Bridgerton is life person. Correct. Yeah. So you've been to the ball, right? I have been to the ball. I love that. That was that was an amazing uh, birthday present last year. And Shout out. Ben I and I that. had so much fun. Good. But I will say, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm really not a romance person. Right. Fun fact about me. I get really, really uncomfortable reading sex scenes. I can I, see that. Yeah. I just I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't like it. This movement on TikTok where all these women are like, smut makes me feel weird. I am not on TikTok. That's good for you. But I should also so, not be on TikTok. So they're, they're glorifying it or they're like celebrating Every it? Every woman in the world. And not, there's non-binary humans and men too, right? But just like, people are really comfortable talking about how much they love sex in books. Mm-hmm. And I can't do that because i was raised catholic <laughs> so i'm not allowed to do that <laughs> yeah no i read uh the the uh court of thorns and roses okay i have not read because those because i love yeah. fantasy fiction yeah. fantasy fiction yeah. is my favorite kind of book have you read Babel? no by rf kwong no but i will sure. now okay if sure. margie tells me to i will no you, that's not true okay there's lots of books of mine that you will never read i'm sure well have you told me to read them no no but you should read Babel. okay or babel as they say in the uk 
Babel. Like the Tower of Babel. The ta- I don't know what <laughs> accent that was. The, the Tower of Babel. <laughs> We're getting a little Scottish. The Tower of Babel. I don't know. The Tower of Babel. That's really good. Thank you. Yeah. Um, anyway, Court of Thorns and Roses yep. is so graphic. Yeah, I and just... I loved the like the story, the fantasy part, the character right, development. And right. kind of if there was a sex scene, I'd just be like, and skip <laughs> a couple pages ahead. So Bridgerton's just a lot. Yeah. Because I'll be honest, every single book is the same. Sure. It's the same story, just with different characters. I mean, you've watched the show. I have. <laughs> Several times in great detail, of course, <laughs> alone for the plot, duh, yes, and the artistry and the score. And the score, the score is so good. so good. I am absolutely obsessed with like modern music mm-hmm. turned into like old school, right? I know. Um, I think that there's a I think that there might be a playlist on Spotify that's like modern music as like tavern music. Oh, so you can like just sit at your desk and role play that you're a, a men, like whole, you know. Being a tavern mender, this is minder. more about like rom- romanticizing your life. Yeah, but also you're still working. So anyway, but maybe it's good to romanticize your work. I think romanticizing everything is important. But let's romanticize this right now. I am. Yeah, me too. Okay. <laughs> okay. So earlier when we talked about romanticizing, you said that you are the main character in a coffee shop. <laughs> Sometimes, yes. Do you prefer to read outside of home or at home? I prefer to read at home because when I'm in public, I'm always afraid that people are looking at me and judging me. Okay. Always. 24-7, 365. I am probably the most self-conscious person on the planet. Probably not. I think everyone thinks they are, right? Um, but I'm super self-conscious and always worried that people are looking at me and thinking mean things, which is something I'm working through, right? So I definitely prefer to read at home with my bra off, with my cats. Yes. Those are all my favorite things. Yeah. Under a blankie. Yes. Love me a are, blanket. Are you a heat pad girly? I am not a heat pad girly. I need it. I need it all okay. the time. Okay. But I'm also a very cold person. I like being cold. Oh. I love being cold. Like cold with like a blankie so I can snuggle and be warm. It's a luxury. Okay. Yeah. But I could try a heat pad and let you know how it goes. <laughs> you don't have to. I could. You could. You could do that, but you do not have to. I might. <laughs> All right, everybody get Margie a heat pack. It goes on Amazon. Zach, if you hear this, you better order one right now. <laughs> he won't. Okay. Or he will. I don't know. Maybe. Do you prefer to read with coffee or read with wine? And actually, I don't know if you drink, so. I do. Okay. Um, not heavily, but sometimes. Um, <laughs> I actually... I actually prefer to drink with sparkling water because sparkling water is my favorite thing in the world. Really? Uh, yes. Oh. Listen, one time I had this great bit where I asked my husband, Zach, who you just mentioned, if he could, uh, uh, if we could crack open a cold one, but it was really just a room temperature sparkling water. <laughs> and that's the funniest thing I've ever said. So sometimes I'll be like, you want to crack open a cold one? And he's like, do you mean a room temperature sparkling water? And it always is yes. Um... <laughs> But yes, I'm a sparkling water person. Any favorite uh, brand? Um, I really like the Target Good and Gather. They okay. there's like a what is it? Cranberry citrus. I've seen that on. It's delightful. People's social media, or I mean, I've never tried it, but that's okay. Do you like not like the feeling of the bubblies in your mouth? I have such bad acid reflux that's that true. anything yeah. carbonated just makes me die for the rest of the day. It's really tragic. It is. But if I had to choose between coffee and wine, I probably would choose. I probably would choose a wine. Okay. I think like a nice, crisp, like white wine. Mm-hmm. Sweet, Something light. 
I tend away from sweet wines. Okay. But that was an acquired taste. It's the only kind of alcohol that I'll drink. Well, you know what? You're not 31 like I am yet. <laughs> so maybe when you're 31, you'll be dying for the dries. Maybe. That was a weird sentence. I didn't love that. Dying for the dries. <laughs> Put it on a shirt. Sell it. Okay. We're done with the this or that. But I have just a couple more questions. Great. Okay. Um, can you tell me about a book that was recommended to you that you would recommend to someone else? Yeah, I love that question. A book that was recommended to me that I would pass along to somebody else. I think what comes to mind first is probably anything by N.K. Jemison. Have you read anything I by have. N.K.? I'm obsessed with N.K. Jemison. I've read the... Uh... The Inheritance Trilogy. Very, very good one. The Broken Earth Trilogy is my fave. Okay. And so uh, my partner recommended when we, this is so cute, I think. When we started dating, we did this thing where we like gave each other three books that we loved that we wanted the other person to read. And one of his was um, the first Broken Earth Trilogy book. And I loved it. And he gave he gave it to you. He did. Oh, yes, okay. He was like, read this, right? It was his recommendation. And it was just absolutely stunning, right? Jemison is... She just writes so beautifully and, like, includes non-white characters in fantasy in a way that's so often not done. Um, mm-hmm. So much of fantasy is, like... You mean as, like, the main character instead of just, like, a side Weird! Piece? So much of fantasy is focused around whiteness. Mm-hmm. And people like to, like, oh, well, it's historical or whatever. But it's fantasy. You're like, it's not real. And if there are, like, <laughs> ogres, there can be black people living their lives. <laughs> like, yes, that also can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jemison is a big favorite. And then uh, I would say I also was recommended recently Kindred by Octavia Butler. Okay. Which is also absolutely incredible. Um, pretty spooky. I don't know if you'd like it. But it's about a black woman who gets called back in time to her ancestors, like, during the era of slavery. Um, It has to basically, like, help keep this awful, spoiled white child of a plantation owner alive in order to, like, save herself and save her family line. Um, And it, like, is such a good exploration of intergenerational trauma. And it was so ahead of its time. And it's just really incredible. So. It's a pretty popular recommendation. So you should recommend yeah. it to me now as part of the this exercise. You should read Kindred by Octavia <laughs> Butler. You can borrow my copy if you want. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, what is a book whose world you would want to live in? Whose world I would want to live in? Uh, Babel slash Babel by R.F. Kuang. Okay. Are you familiar with the premise of this book? No. Okay. So it's about these kiddos... It's about colonization is really what it's about and like whatever, but it's about not whatever. (laughs) That's what it's about. (laughs) And that's really important. But in this world, there are these humans who are trained to study language and they have to be fluent enough to like dream in two languages. And what they do is they examine the intersection of two words, like the same word in two languages. That's just different enough that you can like derive a very specific meaning from it. So, like, I can't think of a great example right now, but they take these two words, like the Japanese word for move, right, and then the English word move, and they inscribe them on a brick of metal, and then they, like, plant it somewhere, like, in a road, and are able to, like, enchant that brick to help movement on the road go smoother. Oh. So it's about the colonization of language in that, like, the... uh, UK at this time was trying to quote unquote steal all of these different languages from around the country in order to 
hoard power. Okay. And it is so good. It's long and it's a little scary to look at. But, like, once you get into it, you can't put it down. I had the Inheritance Trilogy, like, massive In the one. That's so like a thousand It's pages. fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier looking than that. Okay, then we're good. Um, but I think being able to, like, live in a world where you get to learn about the intersection of language is just super cool. That is, that sounds awesome. Yeah. You've convinced me. Perfect. You should read. Battle <laughs> <laughs> by Arf Kwong. Um, what is a book? Uh, wait, the, how do I ask that question? Who is a character that you have a crush on? That I have a crush on or that I, like, love? Oh. That I, like, I'm like, oh, he's cute. Or that I'm like, I would die for you. Let's hear the second one. Okay. A character that I would die for. My favorite book that I've read this year is a book called Monstrilio. Okay. And it is about, trigger warning, (laughs) it's about a woman whose child dies. And, like, in her grief, she cuts a piece of him to, like, keep something with her after he's gone. And then she hears this tale that if she feeds it, he'll come back. Like, it'll grow into a new version of her child. Okay. And so uh, she feeds it, and it grows into this tiny little soccer ball of a monster with one arm slash tail. And he has just a little stinker. I'm getting him tattooed on me later this month. Oh. I'm very excited. Um, and then he eventually, like, completes his metamorphosis into a copy of her child, right? And it's... He's just so, like, confused about what it means to be a human. And it's such a great question of, like... What is it to be human? Do we have to have certain lived experiences to be human? What is it to love someone? Because this this character is like struggling with the sexuality at the same time, right? Is also struggling with like, am I even a person, <laughs> right? And do I need these memories? Am I the same person as this person that I came from? Am I a different person? And it was just so complex and beautiful. I think he's one of my favorite characters in literature of all time. Aww. Highly recommend. Not that scary. A little scary. <laughs> I'm like, it sounds a little it's scary. It's kind of scary when she's like sliced, but other than that, oh. not that scary. Um, that sounds like something that Black Mirror would make an episode about. It kind of does. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the new season of Black Mirror? Have you watched any Black Mirror? No. Uh, well, yes. I watched some of the first season and I just, I... It so goes mu- hard. So much anxiety. It goes I, hard. I am a very, very easily triggered person. Yep. And uh, I know, I know those triggers. <laughs> Anything... That's going to freak me out. I just can't. <laughs> Have you watched the San Junipero now? Is that how you say it? Episode? For the two queer women. I don't think so. You should watch that one because it's not scary. It's just beautiful. Okay. I'll watch that okay, one. Okay, you should. I mean, I think also all of the episodes about like social media and yeah. phones taking over yeah. our lives. Those were kind of yeah. hitting too close to home. Right. And yeah. They are spookily accurate feeling. I mean, I felt called out. Oh, so, truly. So... Truly. Anxiety. (laughs) Hey, girl. How's she doing? What is a book whose main character you relate to a little bit too much? Uh, (laughs) My favorite genre is, like, messy woman is messy and makes it everybody else's problem. Mm. So that's my favorite genre. I didn't, I've never heard of that specific genre before, but. Because I just made it up. Uh, (laughs) There's a book called Everyone in This Room Will Someday Be Dead by an author named, I think, Emily Austin. And it's about this woman who's just like stumbling through life and she discovers a flyer for quote unquote like free therapy. And she's like, I should probably do that. (laughs) And then she shows up to this place for the quote unquote free free therapy and it's a Catholic church. (laughs) And they're just, just like trying to get people to come to church. And then she's like, well, damn it. Now I'm here at this Catholic church. And then the priest goes, 
hey, our elderly receptionist disappeared. Do you want her job? Are you Catholic? And she's like, yes, I'm Catholic, and yes, I want the job. <laughs> and then she starts emailing with the elderly receptionist's friend and, like, maybe impersonating the elderly receptionist who has gone missing. And then we find out the elderly receptionist is dead. And she's like, how did I fall into this mess? I just needed a job. And you feel like this happened to you. I, well... I do feel like I've fallen into a lot of things that I was not prepared for in my life. Okay. And I feel like I'm a mess all the time. I think everyone's a mess all the time, and I think that's beautiful and wonderful. But I'm very, I'm very aware of my messiness <laughs> and my tendency to kind of stumble through the world and be like, I guess this is what we're doing now. Um, You're very good at taking it in stride, though, and just saying, all right, this is what we're doing. Thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. I think it's just how we survived. Do you feel like you fell into this job right that you're having right now? This job felt very intentional. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I definitely fell into the job I had when we met. Okay. Hardcore fell into it and then fell out <laughs> like a freaking hot mess. Um and then kind of fell into the job that I had previously to this because that was a survival like I need something outside of higher ed. Mm-hmm. Um but this is something that I saw and felt like a really good fit and so I came to this space intentionally. Okay. And so far, so good. And has that has that made how you feel being here feel different? That's an interesting question. I think that my time outside of... So I was outside of higher ed for about 18 months. And I was really trying to, like, divorce meaning from work. Like, I was in that, like, you know, screw capitalism. I don't want my work to be my identity. I don't want that to be my life kind of phase. And so I tried to really intentionally step out of this thing that had become my whole life, right? Like, I lived there, I worked there, my friends were there. Mm-hmm. I worked so many hours that I didn't have a life outside of what I was doing previously. Mm-hmm. And so I took a step out of that entirely, like, expecting to figure out who Margie was. When in reality, it was like, hi, I'm 29 and I have no idea what's going on in my life, right? Um, and so coming into this space has felt like very divinely laid in that the work I was doing previous to this was working with folks in technical professions, right? And now I'm working at a technical college. So my values feel more aligned here. Mm -hmm. I am able to use the talents and skills I know that I have here. Mm -hmm. Um, And folks recognize my worth here. And so I would like to think that some of that is intentional. And I also think some of it is just divine intervention. Yeah. Truly. So I'm going to go away from the questions for a minute. Perf. One of the things that I very quickly admired about you. Cool. Is that you are one of the first people outside of my, probably outside of my mom and maybe my partner, Ben, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure which I really noticed first. You are somebody who is very active in our society and our, all of the social justice injustices that are going on, but also have some sort of, sort of faith. Sure. And um, we've talked about how that is a little messy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how can it not be? Right. Um, I work at a church and I, you know, disagree yeah. with things that happen all the time. Sure. But I, I have often felt like I am either being my social justice person or I'm being my church person. And I've had a really hard time met, like melding the two. Mm-hmm. But you are somebody that is so vocal about what you believe in, standing up for people's rights you are out there you're loud and proud but you also have a faith sure and 
can you talk a little bit about developing that? Have you always been that way? Yeah. I mean, because you grew up Catholic. I sure did. Very conservative Catholic, and, uh, actually. I think yeah. that's the episode, everybody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Trauma dump time. No. Yeah, that's a... Wow. Um, I did grow up pretty conservative Catholic, homeschooled. I, I think you knew that. I don't know if I did. Yep. So I was homeschooled K through 12. Like, so you listened to Hannah's episode, and she was yeah homeschooled as well she was yeah i think hannah and i would have been best friends if we were working there at the same time but well, me and hannah are best friends so you can I just join know. us she's so great <laughs> but you know what i had to leave a turbo for hannah to show up so i mean the place true. that we it's worked fun. and went to school um <laughs> look so, at my linkedin you'll see where i went I'm, to school <laughs> right just look at my linkedin um check me out on linkedin.com send a follow and a like and anyway yes so grew up very conservative catholic um and i remember experiencing some of the like very public racial injustices as a younger person like Trayvon Martin's murder um I remember experiencing that as a younger person and being in an environment where like the behaviors of his murderers were so justified right and I remember at that point not to get all student development (laughs) development on you we are at a point when we're like in our teens right where we're at a very dualistic place of thinking like everything is very right or very wrong and our one true authority are our parents Mm -hmm. because those are the people we're around all the time and those are the people that have taught us about the world and so I was in that dualistic place of thinking where I was hearing like well that person deserved it whatever right and I remember feeling that disconnect of like that just feels so like, the antithesis of everything that we're taught to believe, right? Mm-hmm. One of the big pieces of the Catholic Church are the corporal works of mercy, which is, like, literally caring for people with your hands, right? Mm-hmm. And so I started noticing these, like, <laughs> these disconnects of, thank goodness that somebody opened up a place for Mary to have her child, but also, like, how dare those people cross a border in search of a better life for their family? Mm-hmm. Or... Thank God that Jesus welcomed in, like, the tax keepers and the prostitutes, but black people deserve to die, right? And, like, noticing those, (laughs) I think noticing that was very hard for me as, like, an autistic child of, like, everything has to be right and everything has to be black or white. Why is this gray? And it was really hard for me as a highly empathetic person, as a two on the Enneagram, shout out, um, an INFJ, right? Like leads with empathy in everything they do. It's my number one on the skills, like strengths finder. Mm -hmm. And I just like was so lost that nobody was empathizing with these humans who were losing their lives and losing their livelihoods and like doing everything they could to be alive and to be happy and to be healthy and to like find... The smallest scraps of happiness, right? Mm -hmm. And to do simple things like walk home with a hood on their head. Mm -hmm. And so starting to drive a car. Or drive a car. Yeah. Or go for a jog. Or try that in a small town. Or sleep in your bed. Or, you know, exist. Yep. Stand in the park while being autistic. Uh Uh-huh. I, uh, so like noticing those inconsistencies was really hard for me because it had to exist in the gray of like, what I'm hearing from these people that I've recognized as my absolute authority can no longer be correct. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, when I was probably about 15, 16, um, I refused to go to confession anymore because I did not want to confess my sins to a man because I thought that was bullshit. And I really pissed off my parents. Um, 
but I don't care and I haven't been back to confession since because I don't think you should have to confess your shit to a man to be like, you know what? I think God forgives you. Mm-hmm. Go say 67 Hail Marys. Mm-hmm. That's not how God works. And so being stuck in that black and white thinking for so long, I was just like, I can't be religious. I got to be divorced from the church. Catholicism's the worst. Um, I hate it all. Jesus is probably real, but he'll get it. Like, he'll understand what I'm doing right now. Um, and then as I grew older, right, like, there's also just a lot of comfort in the Catholic Church and in those traditions when you're somebody who grew up in that. Mm-hmm. And I missed some of those things. And there are pieces of the Catholic Church, like Mary, Mother of God, and the Corporal Works of Mercy that are so beautiful and so meaningful to me mm-hmm. um, that I just didn't want to do away with them. And I think a big part of my healing in the church was Father Conrad, shout out, yes. <laughs> at your undergrad institution, and just his incredible approach to masses. Mm-hmm. Franciscanism really, like, saved religion for me, uh, Yeah, I would say. I got to go to Assisi when we worked there, right? And that was beautiful. I learned all about St. Clair, who was a badass. Yeah. Did you know she was <laughs> on her deathbed and she's like, I won't die until you sign my orders. And the bishop was I like, did not know that. okay, girl, and signed him. And she was like, thank you. <laughs> like, what a cool lady. Yeah. Um, and so I think Franciscanism saved my ability to consider myself like at least a religion adjacent person. Mm-hmm. And women in the religious tradition saved my ability to like think of myself as a religious person um, and start to understand the grayness and that like, you can be a person who wants good things and understand that other people also use religion as a shield and as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that fully answered your question because I'm kind of rambling at this point. But but I love it. That's why we're here. That's kind of where I landed. So do you still identify as Catholic? I identify as a recovering Catholic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right? So I don't go to Mass every Sunday. Um, I go to Mass sometimes. I still like sometimes read from the Bible and all that good stuff. It is not as big of a part of my life as it used to be. And I think that's okay. Um, Only because I really believe in those corporal works of mercy. And I really believe being out there and taking care of your fellow man is like where you'll actually find Mm -hmm. God. I mean, that's basically what Jesus did in the gospels was lay it out for us. What we, what we should be doing. And right. There's a lot that I don't, I don't even know if I could articulate it in ways that I would want published on the internet to be completely honest. I get it, yeah. Um, but I definitely admire people who may be leaning more away from organized religion, but are truly working and living out what Jesus taught us in the, in the Gospels. Sure. And I, and I see that in you. Mm. Yeah, that's really kind of you. Thank you. Well, of course. I think that there's a lot of worthiness in both of it. Mm-hmm. And I also recognize that there's a lot of hurt in those spaces. Yeah. And it's not a safe space for everybody. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have to give the plug that there are also a lot of, like, really beautiful and powerful men out there who are doing really great things oh, for the world yes. as well. Um, in organized religion spaces, in not organized religion spaces, like, my partner is one of the most beautiful, gentle humans I know, mm-hmm. and he is a man, and, like, I just don't feel safe around men a lot of the time, yeah. and there's a lot of humans who don't with really good reason, mm-hmm. um, and to continue to create these patriarchal structures where you're forced to go through a man to get whatever answer you need, or to get the support that you need, or the advice that you need, or anything like that, is just deeply harmful, 
And also, it's 2023. Right. And gender is not real. So, like, I just have a lot of thoughts. Yes. But no, I, I appreciate you sharing that. Cool. Um, do you feel comfortable talking about your journey with your body image? Sure. I've just also admired that about you, is I think social media has gotten more and more vulnerable as we... I think as we've progressed through the pandemic, I think people stopped putting up a front. And I think a lot of things that were maybe being perfectly curated pre-pandemic went away because sure. we didn't all have vacations to go on to post our beach pictures. And we were literally all sitting at home waiting to get vaccinated or not vaccinated. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I've appreciated your vulnerability through social media about yourself, your self-love, your self not love mm-hmm. at times do you feel comfortable talking about that journey a little bit yeah okay sure um so I am a fat person I have been a fat person since I was a baby I was born a big baby and I've <laughs> been big my whole life I come from a family of my mom is one of nine don't fact check that but she also probably won't listen to this so it's fine um but my mom is one of I think nine and there's two men and the rest are what female women that was a weird thing to say females um <laughs> anyway my mom is one of nine and has several sisters and they are all larger bodied women and have been their entire life and will probably be their entire life and growing up so I was I have an older sister who's nine years older than me so I was really like the only girl at home for the most of my life I have two little brothers um and one of my earliest memories is asking for more birthday cake and being told that I didn't need any more because I was a little piggy when I was like five years old oh. by my father, who's dead, so I know he won't listen to this. <laughs> but no, like, shout out to him. Thank you for dying. Um, that got really dark and I apologize. It's okay. You are but allowed to have those feelings. I'm allowed to joke about my dead dad. You're not. I, and I would never. That was I would, really aggressive I would well. never. The coffee is kicking in and I'm getting sassy. I'm like, Marky, I didn't say anything about him. <laughs> Please, pod squad. Um, anyway, yes. So one of my earliest memories is being told that I didn't need more birthday cake, more being my second slice because I was a little piggy. And when I was probably about nine, um, I started like hoarding food. So this is a very common eating disorder for children is to steal, quote unquote, steal. I have issues with that language because it is food in your house and you should have access to food when you want or need it. Um, But I started, quote unquote, stealing food when I was probably about nine, taking it back to my room, binging it, and then like hiding the wrappers, Mm -hmm. right? And that is a very recognizable eating disorder, Mm -hmm. right? And the reaction to it from my grownups was not, let's talk about this. Let's get you some help. Let's talk about why it's okay that your body looks the way it does. It was putting locks on pantries and like trying to hide food. And (laughs) when our bodies see a resource being taken away like that, we go into like even higher fight or flight mode. Mm -hmm. So it got worse, right? Yeah. And I just have these memories of, like, scooping, like, wrappers out from behind my bed and, like, hiding them and things like that. Um, And it got bad enough that at one point, one of my grown-ups said, like, if you don't cut this out, I'm going to take you to the doctor and I'm going to get a medication that makes you throw up whenever you eat chocolate. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, I'm 11. (laughs) What is going on, right? Um, I have these really visceral memories of 
grown-ups saying and this is really traumatic stuff so you can stop me if it's too much for you no this is all stuff um, that i work with and work yep. you know yep yeah i have these memories of my grown-up saying things like if you lose 10 pounds i'll buy you a book because that's all i want to do and read oh i have memories of my grown-ups like being angry at me because clothing didn't fit i have memories of my grown-ups saying things when I walked in the room like, oh, she is getting a little fatter, isn't she? Right? Like, and trying all of these different tactics into like shaming me to lose weight, Mm -hmm. um, which should not be what you're thinking about when you're 13. No. And you're already getting it from the other kids that you're around because Mm -hmm. most of them are shaped like little sticks because they're growing like weeds. And um, I have memories as old as like, 18, 19 of my grown-ups saying things like, if you keep sitting around and you're fat ass, no one's ever going to love you, right? And, like, those are already things that you're internalizing. And to hear them said, right, if we go back to this idea of the black and white and the ultimate authority, when you hear that from your grown-ups, you're like, you're right, I am. Mm -hmm. So when I was about 15, I moved into a binge purge behavior and a binge purge pattern, Um, And I struggled with that until I was about 23. Mm -hmm. Um, So as a result of that, I have a lot of like dental issues, right? Like I carry weight in a lot of ways that I'm never going to get rid of now because my body has gone into starvation mode so many times. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has been a a tough journey. I would say that I started like identifying as a fat person probably within the last 10 years, um, probably closer to within the last five years. Mm -hmm probably like 2018, 2019, which does about coincide with when I met my partner, Mm -hmm. um, who is a lovely, beautiful, wonderful human. Um, But I started recognizing, right, like going to the doctor to try to get help for my mental illnesses and like my neurodivergence and being told, well, have you thought about losing weight? Mm -hmm. Um, I've been told so many times when I've gone in presenting for completely non-weight related issues and all my vitals are fine, like, just so you know, you're a candidate for weight loss surgery. I also like to point out to the audience at home that, like, I'm an able-bodied human, right? There is, I do not have to do whatever, use mobility aids. Like, I walk, I can go on hikes, I can, like, spend time outside. And if this is the level of, like, harassment and discrimination that I'm existing in as a person who can still shop in stores, mm-hmm. like, the harassment and discrimination that our, like, friends who are living in super fat bodies is unimaginable, mm-hmm. right? Unimaginable. Um, and so uh, I think one of the pieces that really helped me move towards truly accepting who I am and, like, finding the good in that and seeing the beauty in that, unfortunately, part of that was finding validation from an external source, which is not how we should heal, but sometimes helps. It does And help. I will be honest about that. Yeah. Um, and also just like the internet is a great place and an awful place. Yes. But <laughs> as, as you are able to find communities of like people who look like you and that you look at and you're like, holy shit, like that person is really hot. <laughs> and also we have the same waist like line, right? Mm-hmm. That was really healing for me. Being in spaces where people empowered each other to say things at the doctor like, I don't need to be weighed right like that was really healing to me going to therapy for my disordered eating which a lot of people didn't believe was real because I exist in a fat body was very healing for me Mm -hmm. and being told that that was real um going to therapy for like other childhood traumas was really really healing for me as well and it is a constant journey and there are days when I wake up and still like cry about my body Mm -hmm. um and I think it'll probably be that way for the rest of my life but I mean it's a process it is and it's 
like I am never gonna get these days back mm-hmm. and I deserve to be happy and I deserve to like see pictures of myself doing things I love mm-hmm. instead of always being the person that takes pictures yeah because there was this period in my life from like 20 to 23 where there are hardly any pictures of me because I hated my body so much and that is so deeply unfair to the person that I was when I was 20 or 23. Like, she deserves better than that. Mm-hmm. And the future me will deserve better than that. And those around me of differing body shapes and styles and mobilities deserve better than that. And I, I want to be able to role model that to other people because I want people to love themselves so mm-hmm. much, right? Well, and, and I was going to say that. I think that you doing what you do, even if it's just a picture of you at the Barbie movie... Which it was so good. Oh. It was so good, which we're going to talk about the as the closing segment is I'm the Barbie sweating. movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I ah. do too. I okay. do too. But I was going to say, people seeing your posts, even though sure. you don't need to be a role model for anyone, what you post on Instagram doesn't, it, it doesn't need to mean anything to anyone except you, but it, but it may, and it, it can, and you know, I am someone that struggles immensely with body image. Yeah. And, and I, I see your pictures and I'm like, if Margie can do it, I can do it. <laughs> That's so nice. I mean, truly though. That's so like, nice. I, yeah, I have, I have sat down and I have tried to record a solo, uh, my body image story yeah. so many times. And yeah. I usually get to about 15 minutes in and it's like straight panic. And it's, it's interesting because I I felt like I worked through a lot of it, at least in a way to be able to talk about it. Apparently some about the pod. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> nope, right. I can't. So I appreciate you sharing. I think the reality and something I want you to remember as well is that like, I don't think that healing is ever complete. Mm-hmm. I do not want to like present myself as somebody who has all of their shit figured out. Right. Because I don't. And like... There are days when I go through my closet and I want to like set it on fire Mm -hmm. because I hate the way I look in everything. Mm -hmm. And right, like I'm so worried that folks are looking at me and like looking at my posture or looking at the shape of my face or looking at what I choose to put on my body and are just filled with immense like judgment when in reality, (laughs) what that is, is me projecting my self judgment Mm -hmm. and those terrible things that people said to baby margie yeah onto those other humans mm-hmm. right um so i don't i don't think that healing ever finishes yeah and like if you're not at a point where you can sit down and talk about it with yourself that's fine mm-hmm. like you got time i do have time. you got so much time <laughs> i have time mm-hmm. we all have nothing but time time is the one thing we all have mm-hmm. and so you just gotta like Keep on keeping on, but one of the most, (laughs) you'll get there, or you won't, and, like, that's okay, too. that's okay, it is. It's all fine. It is. And what is there, right? Like, what is there? Mm -hmm. Um, But one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, because we hear this phrase all the time, right, about, like, glorifying obesity, Mm -hmm. and one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen was someone who said, I am glorifying obesity because my existence is glorious. Yes. And, like... That has stuck with me so hard because the fact that any of us are here right now is a miracle, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we are all filled with glory and wonder and we all deserve nothing but like absolute joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so you should glorify obesity and you should glorify your tattoos and you should glorify yeah. whatever, right? Like yes. teeth that you don't love mm-hmm. because those things are glorious. They are. You are a human being. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And 
there is no shape that a human being is meant to be. Mm-hmm. And we can't all look the same. Yeah. And also that would be boring. It would be boring. And, and I think the thing that is so grounding for me is, is my Christian belief of we're made in the image of God. Truly. God doesn't have a shape. Correct. So God, God wasn't Malibu Barbie. Truly. I mean, he may have been. We don't know. Was. We don't know. But also, fun fact, like, <laughs> there are probably fat people walking around with Jesus, too. He Probably. Fat well, no, absolutely. Existed. Fat people have existed since the beginning of time. Yeah. Which is something that we like to be told is not true. Mm-hmm. We, uh, the world, it, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that, like, thinness and all of those things are very rooted in white supremacy. Yes. <laughs> right? And very rooted in colonization. Um, but, like, we want... We, we, we live in this narrative that is erased, non-white people, non-thin people, non-able-bodied people, non-straight people from existence and has tried to remove them from history mm-hmm. in a way that will force us all into conformity. Yeah. But we have always been here mm-hmm. and we will always be there. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And, and I'm just thinking like the podcast isn't called like, hello, skinny humans. <laughs> Hello, hotties. Hello, hottie humans. That would be a cute little rebrand, though, because everyone's a hottie. Hello, hotties. Hey, hotties. But it's, it's you know, I don't, I don't ask people because, because of their physicality, you know. Sure. So, I think you're an amazing human. I think you're a pretty great human. I try. Oh I gosh. try my best. Me too. We're all just trying our best, friends. So we we have been recording for over an hour, which is Got amazing. It. Got it. But we're gonna close with the conversation about Barbie movie. About the- Barbie. The Barbie movie, yes. Did you love it? Did I you go to the Rivoli? Yes. Did you get really sweaty and cry a lot? Yes. Me too. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was very hot in there. Shout out to the Rivoli, but up your AC, bros. <laughs> yes, I and, and I went in a full wig. Yes, you were so cute. Um, which was an amazing idea until, until the wig came off during previews. Because did you like fan yourself with a wig? No, I didn't. That would have been a good idea. It's okay. Maybe, maybe wigs aren't fans. Could have been a bad idea. <laughs> I kind of felt creepy as I was just like taking my hair off. And I actually got stopped on my way in and a family with three little girls asked if they could take a picture with me. That's the cutest. And I think Ben was mortified. You know what? I'm like, how are you not used to this by now? I mean. I'm mortified that Ben wasn't in a wig, so. <laughs> exactly. Ben should have been dressed as Ken, shirtless. With surfer shorts on. Correct. His beach. Two pairs of sunglasses. His beach shorts. What's your job? Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. Give me your, give me like your top three takeaways from the movie. My top three takeaways from the movie is that there was a fat Barbie and nobody pointed out that she was beautiful. She just got to exist. Yes. Being as great as the other Barbies. And... She was in Bridgerton. She was so, in Bridgerton. I love her. She was lawyer Barbie who she said was. something along the lines of, I can simultaneously hold my emotion and logic at the same time, and that does not make me a weaker person. It makes me a stronger one. Uh-huh. And she got a standing ovation. Yep. That was one of my fave parts. Um, one of my fave parts was that in the scene where all of the Barbies are accepting awards, none of them say, I don't deserve this. Mm-hmm. Or thank you to my partner, my spouse, my boss, whomever. They just say, I deserve this. Yes. And they move on. Mm-hmm. So those are two things I really noticed. One thing that I also noticed that I'm not sure how I feel about is that there was this beautiful long arc. And then in the end, Barbie still had to take care of Ken. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that was intentional story writing. I don't know if that was just like an easy way to tie it up. Um, but... I think that was, 
It's just an observation. I am glad that they didn't end up, you know, happily in love. Correct. But I noticed the same thing. So I, I kind of wanted her to kick him to the curb. I kind of wanted I her to too. be like, figure, figure, figure it, it out. But figure it out. Yes. But I did think it was really, really well done. It was. I do want to go see it again. It's going to be streaming on HBO Max. Sorry, oh, really? just Max, not HBO Max. Um, Wait, are those two separate things? HBO Max rebranded and cut the HBO out. Oh, okay. So if I have Max, I have it. Okay. Then yes. We're good. <laughs> You're like, good. I'm like, that's where I watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Also, this is the second time I've talked to somebody about Game of Thrones today. Really weird. Really I haven't thought about it in weeks. Um, <laughs> Why not? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm a ding dong. Um, I, so yes, I would say those are my two really, really good observations. And then there is that other observation mm-hmm. of just like, why does she still have to be soft at the end? And maybe it was this really beautiful call to continue to be soft to people even when they hurt us, which I think is important, Mm. as we have the ability to, right? Mm -hmm. And as it's safe to. And maybe it was just, women always got to take care of men. I don't know. But I loved the movie. I loved it, And I loved the soundtrack. I did, too. So much. I also, for as much crap as Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling got when they were first casted, I mean, it was perfect. They were perfect. It was. It was. I'm absolutely in love with Margot Robbie now. I know. Like, in love. Me, too. I also loved (laughs) when she's, like, crying about not being pretty, and the narrator was like, (laughs) a note to the director, (laughs) don't cast her if you want to talk about not being pretty. I thought that was very cute and and very snarky. I enjoyed how self-aware it was. Yeah. And, and also Kay McKinnon, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> In love with you. I'm weird, Barbie. I do the splits. Yeah. Me too, there girl. Were, there were so many things that were good. <laughs> so many things. I just, yeah. Um, what was your favorite part of the Barbie movie? Hmm. You know, I think <laughs> it was when the Kens were battling and then it turned into a dance number. That was pretty good. I mean, that was hilarious. Honestly, I think the, the the Lizzo song. So good. The, the first time. I kind of liked the second time. P oh. for panic, I for I'm scared. Okay. Well, and I'm nauseous. K, death. <laughs> so good. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Something about the, the very first, like when you're seeing the Barbie yeah. world. Yeah. Also, have you seen any of the YouTube videos where they show the actual set? Because. No. Like, it's, it's all real. Oh my gosh. Stop it. I mean. I don't know how many actual Barbie houses they had. Like, I don't know. You know when they did the bird's eye view? Like, I don't think they actually had, like, 40. Sure. But. They had enough. They had enough. That you and I could each have a Barbie house right now yeah. if like, we knew why where they were. Why didn't we get one? They might be on eBay. Sometimes they sell off, like, movie props. We're talking, like, entire houses. Okay. How much money do you make here? Not that much. <laughs> My podcast is monetized, by the way, now, but I've still made zero dollars and zero cents. So, so far. Where are my ad sends at? <laughs> Stop. Like, why did I record those ads? Of, just kidding. I'm joking. I have to cut that out because otherwise I'm not going to get <laughs> Why are you guys sponsoring me? <laughs> my podcast will make me enough money to buy a Barbie dream house. I believe that for you. And I also love that it was, this is Barbie's house. This is not Ken's house. Uh, also, one of my favorite parts is when he was just like, will you excuse me for a minute? And then he went inside and went, sublime. <laughs> So good. So yeah. good. Ugh. I think I also liked the. Do you want to come over tonight and do what? And do what? I'm I actually don't not actually sure. know. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end, when she's so excited to go to the gynecologist, I wish I was that excited to go to the gynecologist. I know. I am never. I think that I excited. have to go next Friday. That's a big thing for you to I'm, have to do. You know, this is going to be another episode, but I, I have, I have endo. 
Do you? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been a it's been a journey. Yeah. So I got PCOS. That's what I call PCOS. <laughs> PCOS. I just named it right now. Um, <laughs> You're like I call it that every single day. Every single day when I crack open a cold one, <laughs> I say PCOS. <laughs> um, but that took me. That diagnosis took me twelve years to get. Mm-hmm. Guess what? I have all the presenting symptoms. Weird. <laughs> yeah. No. I. Uh, I think I had my first like serious ovarian pain. Yeah. Uh, probably in like early high school. Because when I when I got diagnosed about a year ago, I took like every single thing off of my chart to be yep. like, this is a symptom, this is a symptom. Oh, remember when you tried to give me, you know, more meds and yep. they did nothing? Remember when I tried every single birth control and they did nothing? And yeah, so anyway. Yep. Yes. Gotta love So it's like I have a diagnosis, but they're also like, there's nothing we can really do. And I'm like, awesome. <laughs> Interesting. So, you know, I'll go in on Friday and they'll say, yep, you still got it. Congratulations. Thank you. You have endo. Thank you. Did you know that, statistically speaking, the human knows more about deep space than they do about the woman's body? Why am I not surprised by that? I'm not surprised at all, but I'm still enraged. We're going to wrap this up. I have one last question. Perfect. Well, two, I guess. Okay. What is your music streaming platform? Um... uh, I use Apple Music, but I use Spotify at work because Apple Music is glitchy on my computer. So mostly I've been work- listening to Spotify lately. So I want to know, what have you been listening to lately? The Barbie album. Okay. <laughs> I looked at it in preparation for this question, and it is all Barbie. Really? Yes. I love that. When I wake up. <laughs> oh, Barbie, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow out. It's so good. I it can't is even so stand good. it. And the Tame Impala song about living in the real world. I also I love the Billie Eilish song. Me too. Sobbing. Have you watched the music video? Yes. Heartbreaking. Beautiful. I know. I, know. I love it. I, I've tried to record a cover a couple times because that's another <laughs> little yeah. thing that I do. Yes, I, I love it. I cannot sing it. It's it's heavy. I can't. Heavy stuff. It's yeah. It's just... Oh. So all of my top songs right now are the Barbie album. I appreciate that. I'm so glad. Oh, good for you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm probably going to listen to it on my drive home. You should. So. All right. Margie? Zoe. You're a good human. You're a great human. Okay. Well, you're a greater human. We're both pretty neat. Fist bump. We just fist bumped. We're so sweaty. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye.